0: I see you. Yeah, you. Flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases? Or one-size-fits-all quick-fix schemes that never seem to fit? My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world-changers who are tired of the status quo. Willing to throw it all up to see what sticks. Willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you, but don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Here we are again, you me in the red podcast. So let's go. If this is your first time joining us, I just want to say thank you and encourage you to do three things. First, follow. Yeah, I know this the normal uh, podcast rhetoric, right? Follow, download, review. But it's important. It's important to connect to some number counter, bean counter somewhere. That says, hey, this is a a good podcast. Uh, This is a good place to connect with somebody. So if you find something, hear something today that encourages you, connects you uh, to a different line of thinking, I I want you uh, to follow. Uh, This will get you connected every week. We release this weekly uh, podcast so you can connect with us. Download it. I know what you're saying. I don't need to download it. I have all the uh, cell data in the world. I can listen to it. It prompts a number somewhere to say this is an important podcast. But give me a review. I, I really want you to stop, take notice, give a review, leave a review. It doesn't take long. If it's a one star or five star, give me your your best shot. Because if it's a one star, I want to know. We want to make this uh, podcast as good as we can for the people out there. We want to give good content. And I hope I'm connecting through you, or with you and you find something here that connects with your heart. The one thing you'll find out about me is I love to communicate. I love to have conversations. And I know what you're thinking. You're sitting in your car, at your desk, out on a jog, whatever it may be. And you're like, well, how are we having a conversation? Because you're the only one doing the talking. Well, my desire is whatever we talk about here, the things we share, even when I have guests, is I want to prompt the conversation in you, whether it be with yourself uh, whether, you, you, you know, you believe in a higher power, I want that conversation with you and, and God and whatever that looks like. But really to have a conversation to starter. The things I want to challenge you and share with you, I hope, can really position you to not only have a conversation with yourself, with God, but with others. We want to spark conversation. Our world around us is deficit of conversations. Go look at every place you can. Debates, arguments, it's there. Everybody's good at doing that. We even do it in church settings. I'm a pastor and I know I've seen it time and time again. We love to just be right and tell everybody we're right. And we could care less what you think. We want to tell you how wrong you are. We can care less how you got there. And I think that's the power of conversation. And what we're going to talk about today really ties into conversation because to have a good conversation, there has to be an open line of communication. An open line of communication means two things not only that am I running my mouth, but I'm also listening. Conversation is this. I'm sitting there, I'm taking in data from the person across the table for me, and I'm responding to it. See, most arguments and debates are closed off. I'm not even listening to what the person across the table has to say to me. I've already got a line of defense. I'm coming back because I'm trying to convince you I'm right. But nine times out of 10 in a conversation, I received something from somebody across that table from me. And that's where the power lies. If we would start listening to the world around us, maybe then we could understand one another. And then maybe you do have the truth, but maybe you'd realize how to connect me to it instead of trying to shove it down my throat. And if you saw the title of this, I hope it, it drew you in today, but I, I titled this Received versus Perceived. I know those sound a lot like You just move some letters around and I after E and less after C, so uh, we're all right here with the the C, but received and perceived. I I had an opportunity this week to speak to someone who's kind of struggling in a relationship of theirs with communication, and I said this because— the person on the opposite end of that conversation, the person in this they're in relationship with, has had a, a moment of grieving in their life. They've hit a, a place in their life where there's grieving happening because of a loss, and it's affected communication. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but when somebody's going through some stuff, it will affect communication. If you've ever had a spouse or a close friend or somebody you're a business partner, somebody you're connected with who's going through a grieving moment and you and you said something and it can not meant, been meant in any way, but it goes through their wave of emotions and the filter of their emotions and they just go off the handle and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's not what I said, but that's not what they received. It's what they perceived because of the filters and the things that went through to even get there. Perception is a thing and it's a bad thing, but it's a, it's a constant thing. So I see a lot of relationships because perception is there and there's never a, an opportunity or even a desire to, to get into what they're actually saying. They just go around saying, what they, well, that's just what I say. I don't care how you perceive it. So then realistically in that conversation, in that relationship, actual communication, what was actually meant to be said is never received. So then the response is never what the actual response should be. Have you ever witnessed people like this? They're just emotional. And everything that's said, they take it the wrong way. They take it personally. Usually this is found in people who are offended and they just live their life offended. And it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to find something offensive about it. They they want their toes to be stepped on. Their value in life is, look at me, though it's me against the world. So their perception is everything that's said to them is said at them, not to them. That's the difference between received and perceived. Like when you say something to say, if they actually receive it, then you've said it to them. You've delivered it in a manner where they can receive what you've said. If it's perceived, then you've said it at them. And that may be your fault. It may be their fault. But there was never an intentional moment where you or them or the combination of the two said, we're going to do everything we can to get correct information. I did 21 years in the Navy, and uh, communication's big. When you're uh, out to sea on a ship, we got these sound-powered phones. So you would speak into them, and when the voice speaks, that's what actually powers this line, and they would get that communication. And communication on that was required in two ways. So first, the person would make sure somebody's on the other line. They would say their name, and they would say, yes, I'm here. And then they would say the communication they were going to say. And then the, on the, the person on the other end of that line would repeat back what they said and the person who said it to make sure that they got the right information. If they didn't repeat back exactly what was said the first time, they would say wrong and the initial party would say it again. So imagine how this would look like day to day across the table from somebody. And I know what you're thinking, right? We're face to face, eye to eye. I know what's being, he just said it. I don't have to say it back. But in that format, two people on one end of the ship and the other end of the ship are talking into this form. And it's that important that I'm telling you to push a button that's going to launch a rocket. I'm telling you to launch this plane. And if you don't do it or you do it and I didn't tell you to do it, so I'm telling you don't launch the rocket. and You hear launch the rocket. And you don't repeat back, You hit it. Boom. Now we've started World War Three. Think how important that is. Like it's a big deal. So there is definite communication that's required. There is, there needs to be no doubt that I didn't perceive they said this. I need to receive the actual message and then take the actual response, take the actual actions that comes off of that, the prescribed place. So now if I'm sitting across the table from somebody, say it's your spouse and both of you have had tough days. uh, This is a big decision. Uh, Maybe it's, we'll just go something simple, buying a, a car. Your spouse wants to buy a new car and you're talking, but you're probably distracted because that's the general lingo of the day. We're on our phone and they're saying something to us. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And before you know it, they go purchase a car. You're now in debt. You can't pay the bills next month. And you're looking back like, what did you do? And you're like, um, you were sitting at the table with me. I made a a, a conversation. I wanted to get this new car. We needed it. And you said, yes. Well, I wasn't even paying attention or that's not what I heard. Oh." So that's a simple, simple, simple example, but it's in all things in our life. So as I was sharing with this person, um, I said, you have to be very careful and you have to be very intentional because you could say, well, this person's going through a lot of grief right now, but I said it and I said it the right way. And they were looking at me when I said it. So they should have received what I said. So I said, now it's on you to really be intentional about positioning. First off, If they felt attacked, but you said something that was in an attacking manner, then they received exactly what you said, then you have to be held accountable for the things you say. And you got to begin to shift and change what you're saying, because your intent can't be to hurt your spouse, your significant other. If it is, then that is a broken relationship from day one. But I don't think that's your heart. Usually it's an emotional response because you're wounded. And so sometimes the received communication back and forth can be in a... A, a damaging manner because both sides are just wounding each other. So at some point you have to make the the all the ceasefire lay down the website we can't do this anymore. Like my desire is not to wound you. I love you. And across so at this point we're going to hold each other accountable in our received communications. So that's the first step. I said the second step is if you're not saying something that's wounding them that's attacking them but that's how they're receiving it then you could A, just say, well, this is their fault because they're not listening to what I'm saying and go on about your business. Or you could say, I care about this person that much that I want to make sure they hear what I say. I I want there to be a process where when I say it, I watch their response. And if they didn't, Hear what I said. Now I've got to find a way to deliver the message. Like it's just like that two way communication on the ship. If they said it the wrong way, if they received it the wrong way, it's stop, wrong. And then I'm going to repeat it back again. Now, if you're setting across your spouse in the middle of an argument and they receive something negatively and you look at them and say, wrong that's probably not going to go the direction you want. It's probably not going to be good. I know in my house, uh, having that conversation with my wife and I just looked at her and said, wrong because she's not spending any time in the Navy and not understanding how communication worked there. It's going to go over really bad. Like not going to be good at all. I am just, Ooh, I can already see the fireball erupting out of her ears, but you have to find a way to demonstrate that, but do it in a nicer way. Like, you have to, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. I, that's not what I said. Let me, let me rephrase what I said, because I want you to to hear what I said. It's, it's important, but I want you to hear it because it's something I want to give to you. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to wound you. I'm not trying to attack you. You put them in a posture to receive. That's, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. It takes you getting off of your A, B, C, D, like your line of what you wanted to say and then move on. Like it, it, Halts the moment. It pauses this conversation because you see where this is headed. And many times you've been in these before. You've seen the results of what this can happen. And you're like, I'm going to do everything I can to not let it do this again, not to go to this direction again. As a pastor, when I read the word, Jesus was so good at this. Like if you get into the Gospels and watch the way Jesus communicated, he was so important. Like he would position and posture something because he knew what he had to say to them was that important. Like I'm about to tell you something that will change your life. And I'm not just going to walk up to you and matter of factly, and just say it to you. The church is good at that, right? We love to just tell people how wrong they are because Jesus did that. He constantly told people that they were wrong, but he didn't do it in a manner. We just walked up, opened up the word like we do Sunday morning and just point out people like you're going to hell because of this. Like, Jesus could have did that to everybody he, he saw. He could have walked up to everybody and said, you're going to hell because of this. You're going to hell because of this. And only the ones who trusted him and knew without a shadow of doubt who he was would have just stopped doing that and followed him. And, and But not many would. How many people did he's sitting there with the people who shouldn't know him, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the people who knew the law better than anybody. And he's calling them out on things. And they're calling him the devil. Why? Because they didn't want to be challenged. They there was a perception there that who's this random dude calling me out? Who do you think you are? I'm I'm the smartest of the smart. Like in that place, perceive versus receive. But those people should have been able to receive him. It. it was their own fault on them. He's like, you should have known me and you don't. But he would go to the ones who didn't know him. He would spend that time with the broken people, the hurt people, the, the ones who had made decisions in life based off what they'd done. And he would posture them in relationship and conversation to receive this impactful moment. And as a result, like you see these people's lives, their, their direction, their, their um, trajectory changed instantly because of that moment. So then now we get back to our own communications, our own conversations, and if we have something that's important that we want to give to somebody, shouldn't we do everything we can to position them to receive it? Like imagine our homes, if everything we actually said, and not the hurtful things, like we really changed our heart, but if everything that was said was actually received, how much better would the flow of communication be in our house? My wife gets so frustrated with me when I'm distracted and I can get easily distracted. I always tell her, if I'm doing something and you're trying to tell me something else, I may receive 50% of it, if that. And I'll, I'll get frustrated with her when she'll like, hey, can you do this? And I'll start doing it. And then she asks me to do something else or she tells me something. And I'll just stop and be like, okay. I am not capable of a thousand things. I got a one-track mind, sis. So if you want me to do this, let me focus on this and get this done, and then we can get the other thing. And I know that can be frustrating to her because she can do all those things. But for me, I can't. And that's not the way I'm wired. So give me some grace. But what if everything was said was received? Imagine how we would respond differently. If I had the information, then I can respond to it. Even the things that are hurtful. But even the things that are hurtful, like if my desire is to make sure that we don't get to that place, and even you in an emotional moment, you say something that attacks me, then I need to let you know how that hurt. I need to have an open space to say, that's wounding. Here's how I perceive that. And then it puts them in a place, to process, how this conversation is going. I think this is so important. I was actually uh, listening to an interview today with Nick Saban. And he was talking about from a game perspective, but he was sharing how his team ups and downs and the the mistakes they make sometimes. And he, he, he said this, he asked this question of his guys. He said, how are we affected by external factors? And he's talking about a perspective of you get up and you start watching the scoreboard and you relax a little bit. You get some relief that you're winning. And then now that's an external factor that causes you to change or play a little less hard or whatever it may be. But even in our communications, don't you understand that received versus perceived is affected by external factors, the things that are going on around you? Just like I spoke about, uh, if you're looking into your phone and your spouse is talking to you, someone who should matter, if your kids, this is a big one, your kids are talking to you and it should matter, the moment right then, that's an external factor that's going to affect the flow of communication backwards and forwards like it's going to affect what's said it's going to affect whether the message is received or perceived i can guarantee if your kids are playing a video game or uh, reading a book and you're trying to tell them something and then they don't do it you're going to be frustrated with them well on the other hand it's the same way with us like the challenge is am i really setting the table for an effective conversation Am I really getting to a place where I'm letting down my guard in order to be uh, available, in order to be present in that moment, to let that person know that I want to receive what you have to say? It may not be something I want to hear. Maybe I see something I enjoy. It may be something that hurts. It wakes me up to let me know that what I'm doing is wrong, but the person on the other end of that is that important, that I want to receive it. I want to validate them when I put value into that person. And as I receive it, then my response is based off the actual information received, not just a perceived information that was distracted, distorted because of emotions, because of distractions, because of whatever it may be. I'm just encouraging you all today. I look at the world around us and we're being fed so much misinformation. Everything is perceived as correct because somebody said it. But there's something that happens when you receive something that's not right. It doesn't pan out. When, it, when you really start to compare it to what's right and what's wrong, what's if you do your homework and look into it, you can begin to challenge even the received information and say, that's not right. Where's this coming from? We live in a world that doesn't talk. We live in neighborhoods and we don't even know our neighbors. We don't talk to them. Why? Many times we perceive Based off what we've witnessed in their lifestyles, ew, they'll have nothing to give me. I have nothing to gain from that person. I don't even like the, they, they hang a wrong football team flag on their house. Oh my gosh, look at the color of their shutters. Look at the way they parent their kids. I cannot believe she lets him speak to her like that. All of the things, right? We have these perceived notions about the people around us, so we don't have conversation with them. But what if we actually sat down and with that person and begin to talk with them, receive the why, the information about them and how they do things? It may change. We may realize that person either a, I need them in my life. they B they need me in their life or C we're meant to just coexist. What does that look like? I encourage you in your homes if you're not having conversations. if perceived communications are causing your communication lines to go down. You don't want to talk to this person because every time I talk, they don't listen, or every time I I talk, they attack me, then getting back to the core of that basic information. Not physically doing it, but when I say something, I want to make sure the message is received. But then when I say something, I want to say something that the message is worth being received. I don't want to be a negative person all the time. I don't want to attack people all the time. I have the problem, too, of always making jokes. It, but sometimes there needs to be a serious encounter. There needs to be serious communication. There's a time and a place for everything. I'm really talking to myself today. I hope this has helped you. I hope it's really challenged you in the lines of communication in your life, in your family, in your business, in your day-to-day, maybe even your relationship and your communication with God. What are the filters in my life that causes me To receive this God that's distant, this ruling God who uh, doesn't love me, doesn't appreciate me, uh, my life's falling apart around me and it's God's fault. But is it really? Maybe he's been telling me something all along and I've not received it. Maybe I've perceived it because of what somebody told me. I have a filter in place that I just, "Eh, God, I don't want to hear that. I know this is what the Bible says, but I don't want to hear that. That's not me. Well, you know what? You can't blame him for that. You can't blame him for the things you haven't received because your perception limited it. That's the challenge today. Are we listening? Are we listening? Are we positioning the person on the other side of that conversation to receive what we actually say? Is our conversations fruitful? I hope this helps you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. I'll see you next time. Let's go. Let's go.